and welcome back to the Pen for Pen podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Atkinson, and we are in week eight of the college bowling season. There was a tier one event as well as a number of other events. So I'll talk about my experience at my first tier one event as well as give you all a recap of what happened. So like I always say, let's get right into I'm going to start off a little out of order today. We're going to start with the tournament of the week. It was the Bolero Collegiate Classic for the men and the women. Men and the women. And for the women, it was University of Pikeville who was able to win this Tier 1 event. They had a total score of 10,206 while Weber International was right there behind them. With a score of 10,139. Tennessee Southern were your third place finishers with a total score of 10,002. While SCAD Atlanta finished fourth with a 9,803. And SCAD Savannah finished with a total score of 9,781. There are 17 teams in this event, and all the teams bowled really well. The oil pattern was 39 feet, 29 mils. So it was a medium-sized pattern, a bit on the lower side for medium patterns. But it was still a pretty tough pattern. So congratulations to all those who were in the competition. The Weber women's JV team won with a total score of 10,075, which it, all in all would have got them a second place finish if they had bowled in the varsity event. So good for them for beating almost the entire field. You also had Tennessee Southern and Davenport who fielded JV teams, but they were behind Weber by quite the margin. For the men, it was Tennessee Southern who won with a total score of 11,139. William Patterson had a strong showing with a total score of 10,841. They were actually leading out the gate in the team games, beating Tennessee Southern by over 100. But in the Baker games, they just fell. And Tennessee Southern made up a whole lot of ground, almost by 300 pins, 400 if you count making up the deficit from the day before. So congratulations to Tennessee Southern for fighting to be number one, and take the tier one spot. You also got to give a shout out to the University of the Cumberlands and McKendry, who were right there as well. And SCAD, Savannah, who were the hosts of this tournament as we were in their home center. And that brings out your top five. But there were pretty good teams in there who didn't make the top five. You have Lincoln Memorial, who... For the Conference Carolinas had the highest finish. They were in sixth. They beat Weber 
who had a seventh place finish, they did really well. Even as the JV team, I was there and we were doing Bakers against Weber. We won two games against Weber. So that was kind of a jumping off point for us. We beat them the first game. We were all excited. They came back with a vengeance and shot 256 at us. But we weren't deterred. We battled back, won the third game. And we could have won the fourth game, but unfortunately did not strike out to win. So they won the fourth game. But it was two and two split, which really gave us confidence going into more Baker games that we just went toe-to-toe with one of the teams that will be in contention for a national championship this year. We also have University of Northwestern Ohio. They've been doing good this year. Pikeville was there in 12th place. The Pikeville women won the Tier 1 event, so they're doing something right. You got Trine, who's always in contention. You got Davenport University. They're a pretty good team. And 18th place was Bell Abbey College. They had a total score of 10,050. They did what they could, but ultimately it was a tough out for them today, but they'll get back into it. There were a total of 29 teams in the men's event and four teams in the JV event. So congratulations to all the teams that competed. But as for my personal view of how things went, it was it was kind of it was fun. Like the break point for the tournament was around eight. And so you saw a lot of urethane right off the gate. On the pair we started on, there are six purple hammers. And so I originally started out using a pitch black, but it was kind of giving me a iffy look. So I switched to my high road and hypercell, just played 19 all day. And I did pretty well. I had a 192 game, a 203 game, a 178 game, and I was doing really well. Then midway through the fifth game, things just kind of fell apart, and I, like, limped over the finish line. But I finished second in average. You know, it came down to the last game. I didn't do what I needed to do, and the other person did what they needed to do, shooting a monster game, so good for them. But no worries. We'll be back on the horse soon enough come South Carolina. And coming back for that top spot in average. For the Bakers, it was fine as well. I stayed in my spot all day. Struck, made my spares, and it was on to the next one. You know, I we crossed with the University of Tennessee Southern, who eventually went on to win. And they're just such nice people. It was a fun time talking to them. Like even told them about the podcast. So shout out to all... You guys at Tennessee Southern, you guys were really fun to hang out with for those four games. And congratulations on the victory and hope to cross with you all again sometime. Yeah, it was just a a fun time the second day. You had lots of things going on, but ultimately, you you bowled 24 Baker games. You're like, man, is it over yet? You're you're just trying to stay positive and doing what you got to do to make your shots and it's luckily it's not 
six more team uh, team games because then like it's all on you. But in Baker's, you got two shots, then you can, you know, you're still standing up on your feet, but you're still, you still don't have to throw as many shots as you would in a traditional match. So all in all, it was a good experience. Next competition is November, at the end of November, November 20th, 21st, somewhere in that area. So looking forward to it. It's going to be quite the experience. And I'm going to do my best. That's all you can do. And when you get, when you do your best, your scores will reflect that. Even if you don't get recognition, right? Everybody always wants to be recognized for what they do. Oh, I did this. Oh, I did this. Well, you know, if you don't get recognized for the accomplishments that you do, that's fine. Your stuff will speak for itself. You don't have to go prove that, oh, I had the highest average in such, such, such. Oh, I beat this person. If it matters to you and you achieve that goal, celebrate it. You know, if you don't celebrate yourself, no one's going to celebrate for you. And sometimes that's how it goes. Maybe you're a college bowler and you're just struggling. You're struggling mentally. You're in a program. You're trying to, you know make varsity or let's say you're on varsity you're trying to keep your spot and you have high expectations of yourself your team has high expectations of you you just take it one frame at a time you know use practice work your craft if you like loft in the gutter loft the gutter if you like playing straighter well to use straighter is greater if you're not a power player don't be a power player you don't have to conform just to fit in if you can do the thing you do best, do what you do best. If it reflects in your score, it reflects in your score. Because at the end of the day, what are you trying to do? You're rolling a ball to knock pins down. You're there to have fun. If you're not having fun, what's the point of bowling? So just have fun. Do what you got to do. You know, you will get there in due time. If people don't celebrate you, celebrate yourself. Make sure when you achieve your goals that know you're going on the right track. You may not see progress now. You may not see a light at the end of the tunnel now. You may see a clear path. You may be thinking, well, this is it. I, I just got here. Or you've been here a while and like I've been here all this time and nothing's changed. Well, things will change. Okay, things will change and get better. So you got to hang in there. Sometimes it's hard love, you know. You got to do what you got to do. And ultimately, if you do all those things, good things will happen to you. It may not manifest itself in your bowling career, but it'll happen to you. If you if think about it like this, would you do the same things if you weren't bowling for score? Would you go to practice? Well, yes, you would. Would you have good attendance in school? Yes, you would. Will you get the grades so you can get your degree or your diploma? Yes, you would. So you're going to do these things anyway. And then when you go out there to compete, maybe bowling's not your sport. Maybe you're a baseball player. Maybe you're a football player. Maybe you're a wrestler. And you got to do, you got to make way. You got to 
grind. You got to run stadium steps to get to your goal. Well, then run towards your goal and have your milestones along the way. Because if you just set a lofty goal, oh, I want to win a state title. Oh, I want to win a national title. Well, if you don't win sectionals, if you don't win regionals, if you don't win the team title for your team by striking out in the 10th, or you don't make your spares that way you can win your Baker games, well then things will get difficult for you and you'll quit because you don't see a clear path towards your goal. So set little goals to get to your big goals. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, you know? Be the mouse. You, know, you can give all sorts of mouse analogies like the one from Catch Me If You Can, if you've ever seen that movie. It's really good. The dad in the movie, he gives analogies like there were two mice. And one of them, they were stuck in a cup of milk and they couldn't get out. One just gave up and died, but the other one ran so fast around and around, it turned into butter and he got out. You may not see a way out, or you may find that you can see what your goal is, but you don't know how to get there. But if you keep moving forward, you will get there eventually. And when you do get there, you will stay there. Because the work ethic you put in and the drive and determination that got you there will be the same drive and determination that will get you to succeed and surpass the goals that you never even thought possible. So just take that with you as you go about your high school and college seasons. But that's enough motivational talk. It was a good it was a good little chat. Good little chat between us. Me and the viewers. But all these other torments want to know and the people want to know what happened all around the world of college bowling. So let's get into that. Kicking off the NCAA tournaments, it was the Cat Clash 11. It was North Carolina A&T who won with a total score of 10,302, while the University of Nebraska was only 50 pins behind to come in second place. Your third place was Sam Houston State University with a total score of 10,196, while Louisiana Tech and Maryville University were your fourth and fifth place finishers, respectively. Yet some other good teams here with Maryland Eastern Shore doing a great job coming in sixth, LMU coming in seventh. You got Prairie View, who did well last year, coming in. 10th place. There were 16 teams in this event total. So congratulations to NCANT for doing what they need to do to get the win. The other NCAA tournament was the Madeline Invitational. It was Madeline College who won with a total score of 7,603, while Mercyhurst University and Roberts Wesleyan College came in second and third. There are only eight teams in this event, and Madeline College 
but it's the only real notable team. Mercyhurst has been doing pretty good, but just in this field, there wasn't a lot of big name recognition. But nevertheless, congratulations to Medline College for the win. Next event we have is the Tony Reyes Memorial. There were two of them. We'll start with the first one's varsity men. It was Grand Canyon University who won with a total score of 7,470. There were six teams in this event and not really any notable teams besides San Jose State were there. But there were two JV teams and University of Nevada, Las Vegas, their team won with a total score of 6,164. So congratulations to them. For the women, it was just San Jose State, so they won. So congratulations to them as well. For the second Tony Rays tournament, again, Grand Canyon won with a total score of 7,237. And San Jose State's women's team won with a total score of 4,834. So congratulations to both winners. The next one is uh, 14th Annual Titan Invitational. And it was basically the battle of the Wisconsin schools. There were a whole bunch of them. But ultimately, it was Wisconsin Whitewater who won with a total score of 9,256. While Marion University was only behind by 21 pins. But after that, there was a 647 pin drop from second to third place. So you can really see how elite Wisconsin, Whitewater, and Marion are compared to the rest of the field. There were 12 teams in this event. For the men, so congratulations to Wisconsin Whitewater. For the women, it was Marion University of Wisconsin who won with a total score of 8,104. Wisconsin Whitewater and Viterbo were second and third place finishers, and there were eight teams here in total. Moving on. To the Bronco Open, it was Hastings College who finished in first place with a total score of 8,289, while Peru State barely got into second place over Iowa Wesleyan Community College. They had a score of 8,213, while Iowa Western only had a score of 8,211. So, every pin counts as we've seen here on. There were 10 teams in this event for the men. For the women, it was Hastings College who won a total score of 7,504. Morningside College got second place, and Iowa Western Community College got third place. So, congratulations to both. Hasting college teams for taking first in both events. Up next, the WAC 2. It was Indiana Institute of Technology 
with the win. They scored 7,770, and they were 600 pins ahead of Lawrence Tech, who finished second. Concordia University was your third-place finisher, who scored 6,884. There were... 10 teams in this event in a pretty good field. You know, Lourdes and Madonna University, as I talked about last podcast, making sure they stay in it. You have Sienna Heights, who's always doing well, a team from Iowa. The JV division was similar. Indiana Tech won with Lawrence Tech's first JV coming in second and their second JV coming in third. Indiana Institute of Technology's second JV team finished fourth, and then you had a few other college JV teams in there as well. So, congratulations to Indiana Indiana Institute of Technology for winning both the men's varsity and JV portions. For the women, Indiana Institute of Technology won with a total score of 7,096, but not far behind was Lawrence Tech University with a total score of three of 7,040. And then, again, another huge drop-off. There's a 766-pin differential from first and third, but Madonna University came in third, making themselves known that they will not go away. They will keep pressing and making a name for themselves. For the women's JV, it was Lawrence Tech who won with a total score of 5,908. So good on them for winning. But that time, it was Indiana Institute of Technology's day. So congratulations to them. The last tournament was the Buckeye Baker Classic. It was Wright State who came out with the win with a total score of 6,000. 871. In second place was Muskegon University with a total score of 6,555. And then Notre Dame College rounds out your top three with a total score of 6,533. Good to see Muskegon up and doing well. They've been doing fine so far this season, but a second place finish is really, really good. Ohio State was the host, but they finished fourth. You had good teams like Walsh and St. Vincent who were in the field as well, but only 10 teams in the men's varsity division. In the men's JV division, Wright State, JV2, who won over JV1 by Seven pins. Seven pins was the difference between first and second. So the JVs are coming after each other. They're always trying to become varsity because they believe it's their time. And they showed it up right here and now. There were seven teams in the JV men's event. So congratulations to Wright State for picking up both wins. In the varsity women's portion, Wright State one with a total score of 6,241. Ohio State had a strong second place finish with a total score of 6,186. Huntington University finished with a total score of 6,089 to claim your third place. 
and just outside of that was Alma College. They've been on the uptick this year as well. And St. Vincent College, who was your fifth place finisher. So congratulations to all of them. Notre Dame College claimed the win in the JV portion, while Huntington University and Muskegon finished second and third, respectively. So that's all we have for the tournaments. Let's take a look at the rankings. To start off the rankings portion, we look at Belmont Abbey. They dropped six places after competing this week. They finished 18th in a Tier 1 event, and points they accumulated were not enough to keep them high in the rankings, so they moved to 46. Going up to first, you have a new leader in McKendry who moved up from third. St. Ambrose and Mount Mercy both go down a spot. Savannah College of Art and Design moves up two spots from sixth. Tennessee Southern, who won the Tier 1 event this week, moves up to fifth after being in 20th place. So Tennessee Southern could be one program to watch out for this season and in the future. Weber International moves up one spot after doing well in the Tier 1 event. Lindenwood, as well as Marion, both moved down three spots. Wisconsin Whitewater moves up five spots to claim ninth place after having a win. Wright State, also doing well this weekend, moves up from 15th to 10th. William Patterson making it to the top 25 after previously being in 30th for 11th place, while Lawrence Tech moves down one. University of Pikeville moves down three spots while Marion University shoots up two. Oklahoma Christian moves down seven spots to round out your top 15. The University of the Cumberlands, they were 29th, then they moved to 16th place, while Indiana Institute of Technology only moved up one spot to 18th. Iowa Western Community College was previously in 12th, but moved down to 18th. Wichita State, the reigning national champions for the USBC portion, they were previously in 9th, but now are in 19th. Lincoln Memorial brings up their ranking to 20th after having a solid weekend at a Tier 1 event, being the highest ranked. Conference Carolina team. Hastings College moves up to 21st after previously being in 27th, while Midland University moves down nine spots. Newman moves down six spots. St. Xavier moves down five spots. And Calumet College of St. Joseph moves down four spots to show you your top 25. So like most weeks, lots of moving and shaking in the top, but there was also moving and shaking in the middle. So lots of things still to be discovered in the upcoming weeks in the college bowling season. But that's all we have for today. So I'll leave you all with this. 
The levels of success are good, better, best. So never let them rest till you're better than the best. See you all next week.